Hi there, Spurs supporters, Steve Perriman again on the Steve Perriman podcast. Uh, yeah, bright day here in Wiltshire. Um, and this actually is a bit of a bonus podcast. Um, I uh, noticed the uh, opening of last week's podcast as part one when I was talking about the, of course, the Leeds game, and that's finished now, um, but also the double um, feet of our wonderful team back in the early 60s. So I said that because after the podcast was just finished and before we put it out, um, I came across a piece of work by a, a very big Spurs fan who kept all the programs, who kept all the cuttings, et cetera, et cetera. And he's, he's put together six or eight of these wonderful uh, books of, of the history of the club and I think he stopped doing it in the mid 70s but it's from almost the start to the mid 70s so he must have done some history uh, behind the scenes um, but then he started to support the club and and therefore it, it, from his own you know buying papers or buying the match program and stuff so I found this wonderful article that must have been in a magazine and I think it uh, deserves given to you it's the 11 and you can name the 11 of that great team and of course I've also checked up that they used 17 players uh, that year 17 players and one two three of them only played one game of the 17 and two more only played six so five players did not get above six appearances. So that tells you how fit this team was, how free of injury they were. And the reason I'm saying that is because Cecil Poynton uh, was known as the trainer, as a physiotherapist, whatever you want to call that person looking after the team. And it made me ask the question, when did Eddie Bailey get involved with Tottenham Hotspur? Because, of course, when I joined in 67, Eddie was the the um, assistant manager with some repute, both as a player and as a coach. So uh, Eddie is in no photographs at all with regard to this double victory, this double team. And um, Cecil is like the trainer, the kit man, the assistant manager. It's like Cecil did a bit of everything around Bill Nicholson, the manager. You can imagine how many people around the team these days. Well, even in my day, they would all be separate jobs, of course. But it was like Cecil covered the bases. So um, this magazine article is the 11 players in match kit. I think this was a photograph, uh, a photo day they did before they played in the 61 Cup final. And they must have done the normal team shots. And then somebody said, look, we want a different type of photo. So they've all, all in kit, all in match kit, all in match boots on. They're throwing the ball up in the air, all coming across the pitch, away from the main stand, throwing the ball up in the air, and they're told to catch it like a goalkeeper. So there's various 
heights of jumps. Some haven't even taken off yet. And hopefully Tom has, has managed to, to put the picture I'm talking about up on your screen, um, which is interesting enough, but it's a picture. And it's heralded with 11 men jump for joy. A trainer weighs up his team. Cecil Poynton takes a candid look at the pride of Tottenham as they prepare for the FA Cup final. And then it goes under each picture of the player jumping for the ball, gives a few words obviously said by Cecil, and I think you should hear what he says. This is not the typical. You would know some of these things, he says, but there's a lot you won't know. And I, while you're listening to this, and I'm not embarrassed to say that I'm going to read this out, so you will be looking at the top of my head for me to read it. So, um, but this was the elite team of the era. This team was the first team in that century to win the double. If these players were not top, 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 they wouldn't have got in this team. And, you know, even it took someone like Jimmy Greaves uh, the season after to join the club to actually buy into this selection of these famous 11 players. Can you imagine how rich these players would be these days if they won the double? They'd be living in Hampstead in, in mansions. Um, and of course, because of the age, some are, are, are gone, some are struggling and all in different situations. And that's the point. From what I'm reading, I want you to think about all these players, even today's players or the players in my era, they've all got different characters. They've all got different eccentricities. They may be superstitions, foibles, quirks, mannerisms. Um, and it, put together, and I've always said this, and you'll be fed up with me saying it, 11 players really together equal 12. And if 11 players weren't together like these, then nobody was. So listen to Cecil Poynton's great words. And as I said before, I'm not embarrassed to be reading these out. Bill Brown, 29, goalkeeper, born in Arbroath, a Scottish international who cost Tottenham about £17,000 from Dundee in 1959. A daring goalkeeper who rarely gets injured and a quiet family man who shows few nerves before a match. Six foot one, 12 stone, seven pounds. Right back, Peter Baker, born at Hampstead. He played for England youth teams while with the Enfield Club in the Athenian League. Likes to loosen up before fixtures by kicking the legs of the dressing room table has a very serious outlook and approaches a game coolly. Five foot nine, 10 stone, 11 pounds. So Peter Baker kicks the legs of the dressing room <laughs> table. I don't think I ever saw that done in my eight, 900 games, but this is something that Peter Baker used to do because you're you're all trying to get yourself in the right frame of mind. Your frame of mind, nobody else's. He's not worried that Steve Perriman's going to be reading this out, is he? All those years ago, Peter Baker, he's going to do what he thinks best as per preparing himself to play the, the game. Ron Henry left back, 26 years of age, 
Born in London, he was evacuated to Redbourne during the war and played for the village team there until Tottenham signed him six years ago. Needs a thorough massage of a troublesome back before every match. Five foot 10 inches, 11 stone, 13 pound. Well, the bad back one is something that's uh, rife in football. And, you know, I'm sure that lots of players, when they come to the end of their playing career, as disappointed as they are, they're not disappointed to get away from the back pain that they suffer. And be it backs, be it knees, be it whatever, your body was not built by whoever built it to play these many games and put your body through this stress and that stress and twisting and turning, even in training, not just in games. Um, so the thorough back massage of a troublesome back before every match rings true, not necessarily with me, but with players that I've played with. Right half, Danny Blanchflower, 35, born at Belfast and played for Glentoran, Barnsley and Aston Villa. Captain Northern Ireland to her first win in 30 years over England at Wembley in 1959. What a, what a day that must have been for the Irish. A non-stop intelligent talker who has won friends and influenced fans on TV and radio. For all his Donish manner, I've never heard the word Donish before, this is what's written here. For all his Donish manner, he is surprisingly tough in play. Five foot nine, 11 stone. I've never heard about Danny Blanchflower being tough in play, but I suggest someone that would know would be Cecil Boynton. I knew about him being a thinker and a talker and lots of other things, but I've never heard him being a tough, tough in play. Maurice Norman, centre-half, 26, born in Norfolk and played for Norwich City before joining Spurs in 1955. A natural warrior. Not warrior, warrior. A natural warrior, he gets full treatment from trainer Poynton, both off and on the field. Subject to psychosomatic aches and strains. Just married, six foot one, 12 stone, one pound. So psychosomatic, does that mean that he, he felt he had pains and aches that weren't really there? Um, again, this is your big, bold, number five, tough guy, which he obviously was. And by the way, this is not for me to be critical of this team, but I revert back to what I said before. You never know the backstory to these players. Yes, you know where they've come from, how much they cost, how many games they played and all that stuff. But you never know the backstory as per what Cecil's given us in this magazine article. And it does make me wonder, was Bill Nicholson aware or did he sanction that this magazine article could be written? and how the players reacted when they read about them having psychosomatic aches and strains. Left half, Dave Mackay, 26, fiery Edinburgh-born star, cost Spurs £30,000 from Hearts in 1959. Toughest man in the side who, because he often gives out knocks as well as receiving them, 
is sometimes labelled too rough by rival fans. He frequently appeared in the Scottish international team, five foot seven and a half, 11 stone, two pound. So the only negative Cecil could write about Dave Mackay, if it is such a negative, was that he is sometimes labelled too rough by, low, by rival fans. Come on, Dave, be a, be a bit nicer, will you? And we love him. We love him for his roughness and his ability to play. Outside right, Cliff Jones, 26. Cost Tottenham £25,000 from his hometown club of Swansea three years ago. Very quiet before matches. Likes to leave himself as little time to change as possible. Then strips at high speed. Conscious of knee injuries before the match, but forgets them when racing down the wing. A regular Welsh international, five foot seven, ten stone, one pound. Some people have a bad back that sort of lingers through the week and eventually you have to try and forget about it or you, they work on you and you get fit to play. Some, because of your knees are not made to take all this stress, sometimes the, the, the knees are the constant worry in certain players' minds and obviously Cliff Jones was one, according to Cecil. Inside right, John White, 24, born Musselburgh, Edinburgh. He was with Falkirk before joining Spurs in 1959. A fine ball player who has never needed attention from Poynton on the field. Never needed attention. Can you imagine that these days? Extremely quiet, studious footballer who likes a sniff of ammonia on leaving the dressing room. Ammonia, well, I'm not a medical person, but I hope that was allowed in back in the day. We used to have smelling salts that would sort of jump you out of if you were feeling a bit tired or lax on a certain game. And on a cold day, we would have a, a, a swig of brandy before we went out, administered by, um, by Johnny Wallace, who obviously kept one in the right place, but not not so available at other times. Uh, but never needed Cecil on the pitch. So although people would rate in this Danny Blanchflower as a tough player, and certainly Dave Mackay, that's without doubt, John White never had Cecil onto the pitch. Great. Bobby Smith, Yorkshire-born. He formerly played for Chelsea, but has found his ideal position as a spearhead of Spurs' ball-playing forward line. Highly strung in the dressing room. Changes in a hurry and keeps up the pace for another 90-plus minutes. England's current centre-forward, 5 foot 10, 12 stone, 11 pound. Some people would say built like a brick shithouse and played like it. Uh, scored his goals. Wonderful goal scorer, uh, did great things for England as well. Um, and then next year, teamed up with, with Jimmy Graves in that, that um, forward line of, of England. 
Les Allen, born at Dagenham, another player who came to Spurs from Chelsea, scored five of Tottenham's 13 goals against Crewe in the cup replay last season. Like many of the team, likes breakfast in bed on tour. Quiet and determined goal getter, five foot nine, 10 stone. Les Allen, liked breakfast in bed on tour. Well done, Les. Fantastic goal scorer. Um, I don't know how many years Les stayed when, when Jimmy Greaves uh, joined the club for, I think, a record amount of money. But, um, but what, what a, a, a player and, and his goals were as important as anyone else's in this team. And of course, we uh, in later years had Clive Allen and Paul Allen that were son and nephew, etc. To, to Les. So, so Les carries a lot of weight with, uh, with Spurs supporters, and rightly so. Outside left, Terry Dyson, 26, born in Yorkshire, the son of a jockey, which you might have guessed, as per his height. He was spotted by Spurs during his national service. Live wire of the dressing room, he likes to bombard his colleagues with football kit. Five foot four, nine stone, eight pound. So bombarding with kit would be, you know, take your jock strap off and aim it in someone's face to maybe wake them up or say, well done, or, you know, you weren't so good today or whatever. But I come back to the point. And if this hasn't talked about superstitions um, and superstition does play a part in particularly this era. Um, I remember, I've told you the story about wearing number five in the first Man City game and how, you know, Ricky wore number six to avoid making changes on people's programs and us promising never to do that again. We want to wear the shirt that we wear. If it was good enough to get you to Wembley, it's good enough to win the cup in, as was proven in the replay and again the next year. So, um, but I remember, you know, training-wise, um, I, I don't think the, 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 uh, the physio came on to me too often. Of course, he did if I had a, a fat ankle that I did one day at uh, uh, Leeds United, um, coming from Terry Yoros tackle, by the way. But anyway... Um, I know that during a week, um, you work these things out for yourself. You're led in certain directions by certainly a great manager like Bill Nicholson and in later years with Eddie Bailey, you're working off their knowledge. But I remember um, if I did a doggy running session on a Tuesday, my legs were set right for Saturday. And then I could go and show energy and determination and vigor and tempo on the ball. In my eyes, because of that doggy session on a Tuesday. So if that wasn't in the team training, then of course I would stay after and then do that on my own. And I wasn't a great runner. I didn't want to win any race. I wasn't capable of it. But I knew mentally that I was better off having got that type of running Maybe the running you do as a midfield player when you are from side to side and up and back and out and wide and back again. Um, I felt better that if I had that type of up to the line and back and up to the line and back and up to the line and back, short rest, go again. Might do 12 of those. And um, 
And what I'm saying is these players, be it superstars of their era, they work out their training, led by Bill Nicholson and Cecil. They know that the, this back needs extra work. This mindset needs extra work. This, to get the best out of Les Allen on tour, you've got to serve him breakfast in bed, by the way. So all these things, uh, I just thought that might be interesting for you to listen to. And in no way is this a criticism of them. It's me trying to explain to you, the supporters, that you know whether you rate a player good, bad, or indifferent, they've all got their own foibles, I think is the right word, or, or the quirks that in their game that turns them off or turns them on. I knew that I mentally was not right when at a certain time I decided not to wear short sleeves anymore. I'm going to wear long sleeves. And do you know how I played in that game? Useless. Something was right in my wrong in my mentality for me to start thinking about how I looked rather than how I played. So, yes, that would have been naivety of a young player, probably 22, 23. I would no gone nowhere near that type of mindset you know, late 20s, um, and I would be leading others with their mindset, like Mickey Hazard, you know, Mickey, what turns you on? Well, Steve, you know, if there's a good song on the, on playing over the loudspeaker, then I think, come on, Mickey, this is you. Well, that's not so silly as it sounds, because music can do great things for, for people in all sorts of walks of life. So um, I'm not sure I particularly agreed with it at the time when I heard it, but... Uh, that's that's between me and Mickey that one so thank you for listening um yeah I again not embarrassed to read that out not embarrassed to talk one more podcast about these great players and hope you've enjoyed listening to it and uh there'll be a uh, another podcast before the weekend before we're playing Wolves is it so um but this is a, a bonus one that I hope you enjoy so come on you Spurs Thank you.